Good evening to everyone once again. Let's look into scripture. Um, my gist of our conversations still remains um, um, really remaining emphatic on the point of soul winning. Um, I need us to understand soul winning. I need us to debunk our minds of everything we've formerly known as soul winning because that's the reason why we're not as effective as we should be. I want you to remember some of the promises of God given to this family. A new generation has already been committed into our hands. So to reach young people should not be foreign to us. It should be something we do as easily as breathing. If therefore we're still struggling in bringing forth it must be according to the understanding we carry at this point. So I wanted to, the reason for the delay was because I had one scripture, but I'm, I've had to get like two or three supporting scriptures to drive home a point. I made a comment also yesterday, and I want you to hear me because yesterday is like I'm speaking to many people. Here we get into talks. Um, and I made a comment and hear this comment again. If you want to know the, the, the miracle of multiplication, become influential enough to have people journeying with you. So I've realized how God and it's like the more we look into scripture or the more we actually just journey, you realize how God is completely unmoved by sentiment. Sentiment, you will not be able to use sentiment with God and try to draw down the obligation of God to bless you because you've been here for years. It means absolutely, it means absolutely nothing if you gave yesterday. It means absolutely nothing if you are the oldest member, not in age, but how long you've been here. Yeah, it means absolutely nothing if you're that person. It also doesn't matter if you've just joined yesterday. Because God is not moved by, by sentiment, he's moved by principles. Mm -hmm. And what we have to do when we get into the word, when we keep speaking to the word, is for the sole purpose of remaining at the cutting edge. Because if we fulfill God's purpose, he will fulfill his own obligation, which is simply and only to his purpose. I want to emphasize that again, if you want to know the miracle of multiplication, then become influential enough. May the spirit of inspiration come on you that you can cause many to journey with you. That's when you will see the miracle of multiplication. So um, for our family, particularly for the wealth family, what I said also yesterday, and we didn't go into the scripture, I referred to it, didn't actually quote it, but it was in mind as I was saying it. The Bible says that grace has been apportioned to all of us. Yeah? So when you look at the nation family, please be talking with me as well. As we look into the nation family, we will not be totally effective if everyone is doing the exact same thing. Imagine if everyone was a businessman, yeah? Meaning that all they do is make money. Now, one of our graces 
one of our cultures, PT said it the other day, is of course making money, yeah? But imagine if everyone's duty was to work a nine to five, then how would we ever penetrate or infiltrate the powers of policy making? How would we reach out to schools? How would we reach out to the entertainment world? So we have, to we have to remind ourselves on the fact that God is very aware of the people he wants to redeem. And if he wants to redeem a people, he raises a man. And how he raises a man is that he apportions to Tony a certain grace. As he apportions, apportions to faith a certain grace. How do we then grow and see prosperity in our lives? We must become comfortable or we must accept our own skin our own makeup. A scripture I've been using to you all is um, um, Psalm 139. We won't go there tonight, but you will see in that scripture that it was said of David, or David said, I can bring about praise. That's what it meant. I can bring about praise because I am fully aware that you made me the way I am. So if I notice someone having a, a, a uniqueness in a certain area the more I look into the word I'm hearing God's message for that world we have constantly heard PT say and it's become a talk a lingo in the nation when we say that we are the letters to another generation there's a reason why you are made a certain way out of this family you will see producers come out you'll see policy makers you'll see politicians you'll see actors you will see the next businessmen. You will see all kinds of things for the sole purpose of reconciliation. Uh, why I had to bring that up today is because, again, we can be caught up in all kinds of excitement and problems that we forget the end game. Yeah. And PT told us this a few months ago, that the end game is reconciliation of all things. Mm -hmm. There are people that are in bondage in the acting world, that God raises a man for that world here. Mm -hmm. He raises his men in Zion. So we have to look into scripture because like I said yesterday, until the word of God comes to us, we are only Hosea. We're only a man without the full definition of who we are. Mm -hmm. When the word comes, when the message of God is, when the word of God comes to you, you start to find your definition. So I was speaking with the help center just before now and they, I, I can offload my thoughts to them because there's much to do in this family. And you would see that as we are growing, I've realized something synonymous with growth is a new demand of sacrifice. When we now say, okay, you've been making money, but now for where we're going, this is how it has to be you will have to see, it's at that point that God is, this is me speaking ahead of time, right? It's at that point that God is testing that individual when that request comes from leadership, from the head, when it comes, it's to test how much you are in submission to the order. Because someone can be a part of an order as far as they are finding it convenient to them. If it's convenient to me, I can remain in submission of it. But I've realized, like I said, as I was speaking to them, I was, we were speaking about 
um, the future runnings of certain things. And when I say future, I'm not talking 10 years. I'm talking things that can begin to roll out in the next days or weeks or coming months. Um, you would know, like you're just sitting there and you're just thinking, me as a leader, having to speak to all kinds of people, I'm just thinking, but would this person have the capacity to sacrifice at this level? Because without sacrifice, there's no growth. I want to show you scriptures to emphasize these points I'm making. So our conversation and what God has been doing in recent um, weeks or in the conversations we've been having lately, he's been letting us know and he's trying to inspire us to recognize our shape, our form, a uniqueness in raising and gathering and rallying people. He wants us to understand that in the contribution of the nation, we must be entrusted and grow to the place of responsibility where, and I was saying it to them, look, it's one thing to just gather people in the wealth family. And I know that sounds exciting. It's another level of understanding and responsibility when we can say that, you know, at some point we have to go through the list like I'll be doing and go into certain people and thinking, okay, I think maybe you will thrive under another family. This is not actually now uh, because you're bad. This might just be what is next for you. I used to tell you years ago, I'm more of a nation pastor than I am a pastor of COD. You remember when I used to say that to you? It might be the time that we come to some people and say, okay, you'll thrive here or this. But let me leave that because that's not the point of conversation today. But what I'm trying to say is that the maturity of our function or the understanding and the responsibility of our function is that it is more than just gathering people for the wealth family. I see us as a vehicle and means to gather people for the nation. Having reached out to 10,000 people, we may be the filtering process to the other families because I don't think it's going to be that wealth family will be 10,000 people and other families will be significantly less. Yes, I think what's unique to us is that we will always have the numbers game with us. But I even think that that's still something God is doing as what I would call by the way. Because ultimately, and I can't get into this now because it will sound confusing, but ultimately the division of the nation is only to bring it to a stronger unification point. Everything will work hand in hand. So let's leave that as well so I don't get into too long of a conversation tonight. So the conversation that God has been having with us is so winning. And like I started to do yesterday, me asking questions is so that if anyone cares to really carry out, because we know the saying that, or however it's said, you, um, you can bring the horse to wherever, but you can't force it to drink, right? We know that saying, but that's true to life, actually. I admit that's true. I agree with it. Being that I can come and speak in any way, PT can speak in any way, but you can't force the person to carry out what's being said. So when we ask questions like, what does soul winning mean to you? Like I said yesterday, we don't ask the question like, what is soul winning? Because we have doubt. We ask it because we are actually committed to carrying out whatever soul winning is. It's just that if I am void of understanding, how can I effectively carry it out? What does soul winning look like in the present world? 
So the other day when I was saying that I was having a conversation with one of your sisters, I had to ask her, okay, so how do you differentiate between a soul or a friend or a family member? Because we know that when PT calls for an event, we have to ask ourselves, why is it that we tend to last minute start running up and down calling for souls? Why is it that we're so sure of having a percentage of people that on the day will not show up? Imagine the week of mobilization, the, the last week when we was mobilizing every day, that week I spoke five different words to the family, yeah? Um, and long words as well, like a whole two hours speaking so at least 10 hours of words that week and why is it that people be so sure that a person says oh I've got seven names against my name then on the day as predictable as predicted there'll be like x amount of people not showing up even with the words of saying that your duty is to see it through do not be assuming do you understand see it through and I do understand that there's the fickleness of people but then my argument back to that is then to make you think is then why does PT tell us about events well in advance mm -hmm. like I said yesterday when we start to talk about soul winning it's a call to look at you soul winning is not just anyone that's on your contact list you now call them a soul what does that mean to you so we said yesterday, or the Holy Spirit started to say to us yesterday, because I had to show you instances with PT, that I don't think you saw PT evangelizing to you on the street. I think PT entered the realm. I think in that realm, he was marked with power, authority, and therefore influence. I think it didn't take much for you to be captivated by who he had become. So if he says there was days that we went out marching, and if I'm to be honest with you, I didn't want to march, like many of you, but because of religion, you'll be afraid to say it. But why would I be more than willing? Because I am influenced by this man. This is not manipulation. I'm inspired by him. I want to become what he is. So therefore, if he tells me to do even what is of inconvenience to me, I'll be more than willing. So, soul winning, if PT now says in June, it's a vacuum of time for you to grow, to become more valuable. Mm -hmm. Because the people that you'll be able to guarantee come into where you are, people will not come. You know, a few weeks ago, I said to you, I feel that God is taking me through a school of power. And I will say something. It's not my duty to come and start teaching you every single day. I said it, you can choose to like ask God to teach you. But you see one thing about power, yeah? Uh, and this is why I like things like Vikings and Last Kingdom because it shows you in a raw way the way the system is built upon. The system still wars against itself. For someone to obtain power, you will see men argue like kids, destroying each other. And whoever can survive would then become the leader of a nation. It's the same concept. Now, why am I saying all of this now? We look to ourselves, yeah? And when I say that we need to build influence, we need to build power, um, when I say things like people will come to, will respond to who they think is powerful, who has influence. 
I need you to understand, you see the concept of power, and you see it's only people who will never taste power that will see this as a bad thing. Power does not mean that everyone will voluntarily offer it to you. Sometimes you demand power. It's like, like I said, if you're looking at Vikings, if you look at the, the, who they called as pagans, if they came and managed to be more crafty and more powerful than the English empire at the time, it doesn't matter how the civilians feel. For them to still have bread, to live, to be given a home, to raise their children, to raise their own businesses, they will have to submit to the new power. So power does not mean that everyone will be... What I'm trying to say is that you growing into a place because the conversation still has to remain around influence. You becoming powerful where you're in a place of influence. It doesn't mean that everyone will be very, very happy with you at first. You don't assume power by... Um, you don't assume power by everyone favoring you. Do you understand? You just became powerful and others will have to submit to it. And then during your tenure, you will have to then prove the prosperity you said you can bring or the changes you said you can bring. And it's from there that people then start to make a more um, um, critical decision on if they like you, if you're a good person or not. If you think, if you're waiting for people to like you, the masses to like you, before you become someone of influence, you, you're killing yourself. So we have to find the way of how we grow in the place of power. You see, however, though, things beget things. A human being will not give child, will not give birth to an animal. It's power that gives birth to power. So I've said to some people today, you know, one of the best positions you must have is the position of service. Because you're in a position where you can be, like power can be born through you. I said, look at the nature of a Pastor Sam, for example. If he's entrusted, PT still up until Sunday can publicly say, how often do we talk? And go as far as saying, how often do I respond to your messages? I'm thinking, sir, this is our assistant global pastor. Meaning that sentiment, sentimental, um, no, to assume that position, it wasn't from sentimental affairs. He just grew in service. Powerful people, and like I've said to you before, when you look at a president, when you look at a prime minister or whoever, they are only the representative the representative of something bigger. So it's with that concept we realise that I know where people would start to... Um, I hope you're still on with me and you're listening to me. It's at this point that we start to realise that there will always be a place where people reach a glass ceiling, for example, in finances. When you become too much of a god, yeah, you'll hit a glass ceiling. Mm -hmm. Let me explain that because we also have the scripture that says, 
who are gods? Are, is it not they who has received the word? The word of God has come to you. So am I saying that you're anything less than the gods? I just said to you that a man cannot give birth or a woman cannot give birth to an animal. Do you understand? So if God gave birth to you, you can only be a god. But did you understand that God has counselors? Do you understand that God, you know, you're looking at it and saying, oh, God don't have counselors. Who are the 24 elders? Then that's in heaven. Let's still say that's unaccountable. God shares something he thinks he wants to do. But then he has to look for a man that is like him, that he will seek out counsel from. So can we look at the first scripture, Genesis 18? Read from verse 17 again. Then the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Confirm to me that you can hear Abby. I'll pause. I'm not even going to rush this. Um, I will need to see the comments for this here. I just want to make sure you can hear Pastor Abby so that we can move forward. I would hate to really get into it and then there's an issue. Yeah, I'll wait. Don't worry. I know it's a bit delayed, so it's fine. Just someone help me. Let me know if you can hear IB. Crystal clear. Thank you. Read it from verse 17 again. Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Mm. Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation. Who does God take counsel with? people who are also great have you ever wondered why when i was speaking to you about the man but through whom god will execute his agenda must be a man in a trusted position do you remember the cup bearer and then the next day i took you into the story of nehemiah and we realized that there was a man that god was going to use to rebuild the broken walls of jerusalem he too was a cupbearer. If God was going to speak prophetically into generations concerning the, um, Jerusalem, concerning Israel, Daniel will first have to become a powerful man in Babylon. So I was speaking to one of your sisters and she was saying to me, oh, my pay is not that good and all of these things. And I said to her, you have to understand that I did not send you there for your pay. I know this concept of giving and these are things we still have to ask ourselves so that we can do it ever more effectively. But I said to her, you're a spy there. How do you become, how would someone, if I look at a pastor Elihim and I can take him, yeah, into show him things that other people don't see, yeah, or cannot know about me, it will be based not on sentiment, it will be based on how well I trust him. You see, that trust position will be built over time. He would have been serving for a while. There will have to be me testing him, giving him certain instructions. I will have to watch how he responds. He will have to also serve in being able to bring forth results that will make him someone that is considered great in my eyes and I will take counsel with him. So God was able to seek the counsel of, remember the story if I'm correct, here God was looking to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham had no clue, had no clue that God was about to do such thing, if I'm correct, if this is the scripture, right? 
He had no clue that God was going to do this. However, the, the standard, the level of influence and power that God, that Abraham had now gotten to, God was able to seek his counsel. If God had ultimately made his mind, there'll be no reason for him to tell Abraham. But you see, the affairs of the world are considered between the greats. Again, if there's going to be an arrangement between or a deal done between Russia and China, it's not the everyday peasant that's making that deal. It's a conversation between the great. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So we look at the scripture now and God sought out the counsel again because God set man, you know, like he started off saying that, you see, for me, even as God, I don't make decisions by myself. We saw the first conversation of the Godhead in the creation of man. It wasn't him just saying, oh, I'm going to do this myself. He said, let us. He first sought out agreement before execution. So when do I know that someone can reach a height and things don't go past it? If you have not yet got there, it's because you have not reached the height. <laughs> How do I know that someone will get to a height and it's like you've just reached this figure, but it's like you can't break past it? It's because you don't have counsel. You don't have people you can share. So the other day I had to say, look, you sit in this meeting, you, you guys sit in this meeting, and let's talk. And is it because you're a bad person? No. It's a level of growth that's going to require a new level of sacrifice. P.T. saying to us the other day that you will have power if you're willing to give up power. You will have real power when you're willing to give up power. So you have to create a board around you. This is why I say to someone, if someone is too great in mind, let's say in the business world, I would ask you need a team. You need people who can go against what you're saying. The definition you sent me of the board of directors, send it to Ivy, I want us to read it. Yeah, because this will lead me when I'm talking about soul winning, because you'll realize that the people that you're working with today are eventually meant to grow to becoming your partners. Then you will recruit more people to work with you. Have you sent it? Have you got it? Read it for me. The CEO board relationship is defined by roles that differ from but depend on each other. As CEO, you are in charge of developing and executing strategy. As CEO, you're in charge of what? Developing. Developing, and yeah. And executing. So when you look at God, he's the great CEO. But he has to have a board. Go and read it for me. As CEO, you are in charge of developing and executing strategy. Yeah. While the board is responsible for approving and advising you on it. Did you see that? How many times have you seen man telling God to repent? You don't know the scripture? Moses told God to repent. God who is responsible on execution. A man had to tell him if, I, if he approves of it or not. So sometimes, you know, the scripture is not too spiritual. You see this Bible we read, you keep reading it. It starts off as storytelling. You keep seeking. Seeking is not 
moaning or groaning. Seeking is that you're determined to know what the word is saying behind the word you're reading. Then eventually you get to a place of maturity and you start to discern wisdom. Then you apply that wisdom into your life. So an invisible capital has to get to a place where before it was just one man making decisions. But then he has to get to a place where he has a board. You can be seen as the one having um, being able to execute, but you must have a board where they can advise and say, we, do, we disapprove of this. Now, the only place where you see that as an issue is, this is the reason why, you know, do you remember the other day recently? I still haven't got into the scriptures, but we'll get there. Do you remember the other day when um, I think it was um, Pastor Whitney tried to correct PT? And PT said, no, no, that's not you. Do you understand? In matters with ministry, it's, you have to be careful who you do that with. Do you hear me? So, I, of course, it's we sit down. There's a plan given by he, the head. Then the team sits down and say, okay, this is how we should do it. And unless it's... That's why PT used to tell us leadership is, um, what did he say? He called it back in um, Pine Coombe. He called leadership coordinators. So you work with people. Yes, the reason why I can sit down with the leadership team and say, okay, this is what I think we need to do. We go back and forth in thoughts. Yeah. So also, this is the reason why I say leaders coming up has to grow because we need to talk. But what happens is that with all the many thoughts, the leader then considers the direction they go. But leaving that, so the Bible says that God knew he would surely become a great nation. Yeah. Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. They will be blessed through him. Look at what the next verse says. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. So I want you to keep this scripture in mind. Of course, when we're speaking, we're going to constantly look over a few scriptures. Because again, if it sounds like there's the, the repeating of scriptures, it's just that God is doing a work in your mind. The moment we allow the word to prevail, things will boom. Things will boom the moment we allow things to prevail. So this is why we have to constantly bring ourselves before the word and allow God to teach us, to break us, so that we can begin to respond according to what we know that God is saying for us. So again, the concept of soul winning. What does it look like in this modern day? An instruction for most of the houses or most of the businesses or um, um, the community things we're doing and all of that you're not missing money money listen to me I, I'm saying this to you and one day we will hear it money's not hard to make money's not hard to make you know what we are missing the ability to get people for example um if you get people, money will be made for you. Life will just demand that you have. Can you imagine what a Facebook will be without people? 
We'll have nothing. Can you imagine what the, the, the greatest brands you're looking at will be without people? So do you know what the marketing schemes and the money put into research and development is for? How to grow in power. How, could, how to persuade someone to become a consumer of their product over their, compet uh, their competition. Everything is to build influence. Why am I using that as example? Listen to me. Before God, that's more soul winning than what the church has been doing. How you start to build the attraction, how you get to a place where people will feel the need. So there's some of you that, again, why do you have leadership? Because leadership sees. I've noticed this. There's some people that are looking, oh, I don't have money. And the problem is, you're only saying you don't have money or you're being moved up and down because of my, the lack of money because you're coming from a background where you've, where you've known zero. You're still familiar with poverty. But you know that some people, I think I was using it as key as an example, that somehow people just keep looking at you and wanting to invest money in you. So I realized something. All the giving you've been doing, if Akita is able to come and say, okay, Pastor Obi, for this month, here's this. For this month, here's this. For this week, here's this. Or uh, Afro comes and says, here's this, here's this, here's this. That's not unique to me. I'm trying to show you something that works in the nation, how it works. The only thing you are buying is authority and power. You're buying that then you would notice that you have people who are probably more skilled than you, but they submit to you. Because it was to the children of God, according to the book of John, chapter 1, that power was given to them. The Bible says, for anyone who believed, I gave the right. It was given the right to become the children of God. What's unique about God? His authority. The fact that everyone has in their subconscious that even if it's an inconvenience to them, they must render some kind of service to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So maturity of soul winning is that that's why we must have our social enterprises. That's why we must have our community initiatives. That's why we must be able to say, okay, a Chrissy is trading. Can we create a community around that? Because she will get to a level of finances, brilliant. But the reason why we don't celebrate forever finances is because by the time you use it, you realize it's too small. So how would you know the miracle of multiplication? You grow in influence to be able to gather people. In your businesses, what are you lacking? Most people, hands. Stuter Club, like I've said, is going to be very powerful in the tuition world and eventually in um, becoming an academy. They will become so powerful. What's the missing thing? Money? No. The ability to persuade people to journey with you. Why is Apple so powerful? They have just mastered influence. Over the telecom world, they've got power. They've got influence. And you see the beauty of people. People market for you. Mm -hmm. 
One person has the phone. And without Apple speaking, people like to follow people. You know, by the time, what will happen eventually is that you're going to see in many secondary schools, wealth families. Eventually, it will be without us speaking because we've entered the realm. And people will just feel by default to be a part of this. So what are we after? If I can convince you to understand that the winning of people is everything right now, you will see finances follow you. You will see honor follow you. You will become more rugged because the moment your heart given is sold out to compassion of people, you'll realize that it's by force you provide for the people under your care. It's by force that I said to someone, I was speaking to one of your sisters the other day, I was like, where have you been? You've been distant though. You haven't been yourself. It didn't take a minute, burst out in tears. First time I've ever seen the person cry. And unfortunately, it's very dear to me, but I'm not the best with um, pampering people. I was like, where's P-Rex where I needed him? He can sort that out. I don't have that patience. I'm being honest with you. Again, makeup. But I said to the person, and you just realize it's, how do I say this now? Anyway, we'll leave that. But with everything, it's, if I can convince you that it's people we need to win, you'll realize that everything follows that. And that's what I feel like the world is asking for now, the nation's asking for now. If the church is now, if PT comes and says we need X amount of people, again, every time you hear soul winning, it's for you to look at you. How influential have you become? I can just imagine if um, um, the Lux sisters continued by now. Let's say, because if they continued and they did what they needed to do, they may have had influence over a few more people. How do you know they become your soul? They're attracted to you. You've, you've got them hooked. Whether that be your outward look or how they perceive you, it's spiritual. They follow you. And then we start to put in the sickle. And then we start to find out who are soldiers and who are the masses. Because in every body, like governing body or business body, they will be the soldiers, those who are committed to the building of it. And then there'll be the masses, the consumers who give life to it. The ministry of, the ministry of, um, of, or the ministry or the miracle of multiplication was never just between the disciples and, God, and Christ. Behind each disciple had to be a couple thousand people waiting for there to be the ministry of multiplication. So read that verse once more and then we go to the next verse I want us to go to. Then the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Mm. Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation. And I said to you yesterday, why would he surely, why was it a sure thing? Why could God bank that Abraham will become a great and powerful nation? He had people. He had people. You know, there can, you know, I used to say this to you back in 2019. 
when I used to speak about baptism. You know, I, I can't remember every other word I preached then, but I know that I spoke about baptism, fire stuff, and all of these things. But, you know, when we're saying, our, um, how do you know that someone will be powerful? When we're saying that there will be, our, it's because they have people. And not only that they have people, um, I'm looking for a word. It's just escaped my mind. I need to use the word. Um, oh, I hate when this happens. Anyway, when you know that you have people, how do you know that someone will be a sure banker? And it, you know, I used to say to you that there can be famine in the area of finances. There can be famine and a short, shortage in houses. We've been hit since 2020. Before 2020, it's like this house is like, uh, too much for people to live in. Too many for people to live in. Yeah, thank you. Um, but now it's like, like in the days um, when they said that seven women will be to a man, it's like there's a shortage of something. <laughs> there's a reason why I said that, but that's me being sinister. Let me stop. Um, why do I do this? Even when the Spirit is speaking, right? you know, imagine. But what I wanted to say, someone opened the door. But what I wanted to say with that, yeah, is this, that there can be famine of all kinds of things. But you see one thing we have not witnessed, yeah? There being a shortage of people. One thing God just keeps is that there's always people. Have you ever gone on Google and checked the death rate against um, birth rate? You'll never be lacking people. That's your gold. I never forget PT's old bio. We found gold in dirt. And you know he was not talking about the material. He saw people that others rendered useless. And with the word, you can make them the most valuable commodity. People. I just want us to have a mindset that we can invest whatever we want in people. We can make anybody valuable. From ourselves to the people that we as a family decide, okay, if we want to make Shay powerful in a school, we can't. And that is with an end goal, reconciliation. Let's never forget that. But so God saw Abraham. By this time, Abraham had become influential because he had 318 people living in his house. Men that he was able to all train. We look at people here today and a lot of people all, and I know it's a process of growth, but many people still have their own agenda in this room. I don't think their own agenda will be what will move them out of the nation. But it's not, if I say everyone to the penny, all their finances are submitted here. You know, I've been saying this since Mitchum. A day will come, and I'm now starting to understand what that scripture is. The eventual moment when people will completely be sold out to one thing. When we're talking about nationalism, that's where we're heading to. That someone will happily, a child is only for... The, People eventually, you guys will grow up, we will grow up, have children as is inevitable, yeah? But people will be using their children as offering. They say, oh, this one, we can start grooming them for politics. And everyone will submit. That's how it gets. So there's a time, but right now, 
there's still, oh, I need shoes, I need this. And as innocent as that is, it's still showing that we haven't yet got to the peak of what we say we believe in. Because what should come first is the agenda. But why we're saying all of this is that imagine how influential old Abraham had to become to be able to make 318 different men or warriors. For whatever was needed at that time, everyone can become the same person if needed. I'm looking at that and I'm thinking this man was very influential and God saw off the back of what he was doing because we don't know if it was off the back of God's word in his life or if that was something he naturally had. We just know that one day that it was accounted that he had 318 families in his household. But God was able to say that this man will surely become a great and powerful nation. So before Abraham, I said to you yesterday that Abraham and by extension, Jacob and Isaac, Isaac and Jacob, was able to live and see beyond their own lives. But why can they do that? They probably didn't see the um, Judaism, probably didn't see the Islam faith, probably didn't see Christianity or being children of him. But he had already birthed people by ideology in his household. So God was able to say of him, that's why I'm saying that, guys, look, as, as far as we participate with everything, when we're saying we're trying to reach out to new people, when we're trying to do things, listen to me, there's no way that we won't be a great nation because somehow our making just has it that we have people. Have you ever thought on why do you follow myself or the leaders that you follow? You know, you started following before you saw resources. Is that not enough to tell you that something's going to come out of this? So God, even if man cannot be sure, God is sure enough of saying that, you see, for wealth family, they will surely become a great and powerful nation because I can see the following already. Well, carry on reading because uh, I've spent so long on this, but go on. Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation mm -hmm. and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just mm. so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised. So please don't forget this scripture because I want you to keep it in your mind. I want you to write it on your notes. I want it to be something that convicts you. The fact that you can be one person and you can influence even another person to live with you, to follow your ideology, it's a sign of greatness. It's a sign of future greatness because again, what can live here on earth without man. As beautiful as cars can be, if there's no man to drive it, what is the use of it? But I wanted this to actually be a foundational scripture for where I wanted to take us. Matthew chapter 13. You're going to read from verse 31. I believe uh, Matthew, hold on, let me see. Matthew chapter 13. Verse 31, yeah. He told them another parable. So this is the parable of the mustard seed and the yeast. Christ was the person talking. 
I never forget PT saying that what Christ simply said, if you don't understand earthly things, how would you understand heavenly? If you're not exposed, you cannot know what that, you can't know what God is trying to do. If you have not exhausted what man knows, you can't even start the conversation of God. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like what? Is like a mustard seed, yeah. which a man took and planted in his field. Now, think about the kingdom of heaven. Remember that Christ said it's not something that you can fully observe. Meaning that it's not a geographical location. You can't say, oh, if you travel here, this is the kingdom of heaven. Not only that, there's a way that the kingdom of heaven advances. That's why you can't observe it. Let me tell you how it advances. By means of mustard seeds. Are you now with me? Because we're talking about influence. It advances not Bately. So you see the nation, yeah? The reason why they can't catch up with the nation is because the things we do to gain influence, it's not seen by everybody. The kingdom of heaven is like what, again? A mustard seed, yeah. which a man took and planted in his field. A seed is dead to itself, but useful to the farmer. So how do you know that Remy has got to seed form? She must completely die to herself. As far as I try to keep myself alive, I'm not a seed. A seed can, is of complete, of no use to itself. So I made mention yesterday, I think, or if not, it was in my mind, but I said yesterday that I've handed myself to PT. I've spoken to you before about the demand of love and death, that it was in followership that you die. But it's in that death you become useful. The mustard seed. But you see, when we're talking about mustard seeds, the definition of the seed here was to tell you that its size is important. The fact that God actually uses what is deemed small. Um, when we talk about calling and God not taking a lot of people of nobility, it's because what's more useful for him are those who are considered small. God could have moved to Aaron after the reign of Moses, but I think Aaron even died before Moses. I'm not even too sure. But you, you've just asked, while they were both alive, why didn't Moses put forward Aaron? And in those days, people lived to an old age. But it took, he took someone that was small, someone that had no definition outside of what Moses was saying. He had no other name. God took him and he was going to be the means by which the farmer can benefit. Again, it was not that the kingdom of heaven in this case is just a seed because you can find big seeds is that it was considered small. You know, mustard seed, is we've heard it before, is almost amongst the smallest of all seeds. The kingdom of the whole heaven is like the smallest thing, the most despised thing. The thing that if you're not looking for it, you will not see. You know what I'm saying to you here? Soul winning. 
It's, you know the problem is, sometimes we're looking for a type of person, but the person that God is looking at is the one you're not seeing. So David was considered small, a mustard seed in the eyes of a Goliath, small in his own family. But even though everyone was not looking at him, he was the one God was looking at. That's why for you to advance, you must master the skill of humility. Humility does not mean being disabled. You know, I do this hand to say uh, it's not being this to the world because you can be humble, but you can also say I'm the bread of life. I don't think that comment by Christ will be considered humble by everybody. Probably very, very arrogant, right? Do you understand? Or he says, if you don't eat me, eat of me, you will die. All of these things. But you must understand humility before God, how you revert the word. So look at what he says. The kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, yeah? Which a man took and planted in his field. Yeah. Though it is the smallest of all seeds. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, yeah? Yet when it grows, it, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Do you understand the scripture? For you to understand this, yeah? The reason why we keep speaking the word is because sometimes you have to relate it back to man for you to know that it's applicable. So when I read this scripture, I think of Joseph. Joseph entered Egypt as a slave, smallest of every kind of person. But you see, in Egypt's eyes, they would never have known that the kingdom has entered Egypt. Do you understand me? They would never have known Pharaoh at that time, when Joseph was taken in as a slave, would never have known that the kingdom of heaven has now moved into Egypt. He came as the smallest of all seed. He had to be dead to himself. He had no life. He was dead to himself. Was only useful to the person who sold him there. What I'm trying to say here is that, you see, where you become small, and useless to yourself, but useful to the handler, is in the place of service. If PT wants to take Europe, he needs to find a seed called Obi. He has to find a seed called Wealth Family. And he plants it in his field. Do you know why? Because the farmer knows what will become of a seed. It says when it grows, when Joseph grew, what happened to him? It is the largest of garden plants. He became... You know, the largest of garden plants is like the, the, it imposes itself over every other plant. It's huge. It demands the greatest amount, um, um, amount of sun, provides the biggest amount of shade, provides the um, biggest space. Every time I think about this scripture, I think of you, by the way. Um, he's famous preaching. Was it, in, it was in Atrium, innit? I was so proud of you, sir. I have to keep saying it. Oh. Smashed it. Hey, you know, I was thinking, let me pause for a second. I've gone long. Hey, you see, them times when they used to um, compare you as 3Gs and them as 3Gs, it was unfair. Even physically, you guys don't even look their age. Even the ones that are your age, you don't look their age. I was like, this is not fair. I was listening to Sharon again today, yeah? And I was thinking, listen to the way she speaks. Do you understand? Like, she's telling me after, oh, I want to become more articulate. I'm thinking, these people that I'm leading, they're more articulate than me. 
sophisticated, powerful people. I'm, I know we're going to be a powerful nation because somehow God decided to give all of you to me. No, no, it wasn't meant like that. Don't be doing that. This is not a sub story. Where were we? Yeah, read the scripture. Bring the scripture back up for me. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants yeah. and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. That's what happened with Joseph. He came in small. Probably people will not be able to remember when he came in. God souls. And as he sows, it grows. As it grows, it becomes. So when I was speaking to your sister Nia, I was saying, look, you came in small. Do you know what I need you to do? On the values that you hear from the word, that really nourishes you, causes you to grow. We grow by the word. What that should do is make you grow. You start off being a mustard seed where you are until you become the largest tree there. And what will happen is that everyone will now need to rest on you. That's how powerful you become. How did we become powerful? And how would we continually become powerful and therefore relevant to each season and age? The word. The world has traded the word for real food and died of diabetes. You don't understand what I'm trying to say with that. You know, the world permitted that this is what makes you grow, but that's what kills you. But we found by pity the word. When Christ said, man shall not eat by bread alone. He says, live by bread alone. He says, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God, we take the word and we grow thereby. So I remember Nia coming and being a peer at the age of 15, 16, and it was such a treacherous role for her, being Pastor Obi's PA, because the kind of principalities and taking the position after someone like Diana, <laughs> it was tough. But I look at someone that, sorry, I have to use this, came in, it's like scrawny, like it's just, it's like, you know, it's like she's shy and everything. But you hear her speak. I remember her using the fact that she didn't go through normal education as something to make her small. But I realized that God needed, to, needed her to have that upbringing so that the only thing attributed to her growth would be the word she's hearing. These words... Like with all of you, so like a faith who just enters the normal um, nursing world or NHS, yeah? And that's really, honestly, a despised, um, what is it, role. Because our parents, maybe not you, but for African parents, they bamboozled. If you hear a nurse, you don't even want to be it. My, my mom would say nurse. I'm thinking, no, oh, you know, that's a poor position then. But the word is what makes you be able to bring what you bring to the table. It's not the business itself. It's just that you are planted where they're planted. It's just that what you're feeding from is different. So you become the evidence or the witness of the kind of food you're eating. Are you hearing me? So what would we expect from a faith? She just becomes so powerful that she eventually becomes the trajectory or the destiny of you is that you're meant to become such a great tree that everyone has to bank on you. So this word is not meant to make you go to a workplace or go somewhere and start excusing work because you say, oh, I'm doing prayers. Anyway, no one's mad and does that. 
the word you're hearing is meant to make you even more powerful there. And we have to trust God that if at a time this becomes an obstruction to what you're doing, God will make you part ways with it, but he will give you something more powerful. But look at what it says. Carry on reading, God. He, though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants yeah. and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. I'm actually saying that if we pay attention to the word properly, you will naturally grow in influence. I tried to say this to you a few sessions ago, that Christ did not even yet have the 12 disciples and he was pulling in a crowd. So it means that it wasn't because he had an entourage that he was pulling in a crowd. The only thing we can um, connect with Christ at that time was the word. The word is what makes you influential if, you, if you're really feeding off it. Do you know why it seems that some people who have been in the, ch in the house of God, it seems that they haven't grown in influence. They're not feeding off the word. They are here, but they're feeding off their own desires. They're not feeding off the word. They have not become people who really, you know, like, it, it's like words at this time is of great inconvenience. But you see the people that thrive. I asked Remy intentionally today, tell me how your day goes. Because I know what time you have to get here. But I see on a consistent basis, I can speak the word on Tuesday. She will hear it again that next morning. And she's still here. You see, that is something that not many people see. But then let's wait over a couple years. The blessings she will have, it will not be a shock. It's actually predictable. I look at Basola, I know all the things. I'm only talking about the people that I personally, I know there's many other people that do this, so don't think it's unique to them. But I know Basola, in, look, I know in every work she's doing, she'll find herself time to go back. And you know, Pastor, all these words are long, but you still go back and hear it. Some people, in case people don't know, well, I'm not shocked. When a kid is able to bring X amount of money, forget all the problems that comes with it, but because uh, problems come with it, but he, he brings X amount of money. But do you know why I know? I know he has a playlist on prosperity. You, you go and check that person's life. You would see these people. Was there not a time that even in a car you can't listen to music? It's just word. But look at someone that doesn't have and is frustrated Look at a woman that is asking for things, but they can't produce. Check their word life. You'll realize that they're here, but they're not feeding off the word. So do you know why I just know that nothing can happen to me? I've made myself a word man. It's, look, it doesn't matter. People know going into a meeting with Pastor Obi, you can be speaking about the most carnal thing, meaning not bad, meaning like it's worldly, like it's, let's say you came speaking about policies, somehow I'm going to speak word. Because I know real influence is not the people gathered with you. Do you understand? It's actually the word that you're taking in. Do you know why? It is God. The word you're taking in is God. The more you take in word, Pastor Elihim, the more you become God. Then somehow, even if it's your mistake, you will start to gain influence with the people that God called you to reach. So carry on reading. Let's just leave that. Go on. 
Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Go on. He told them still another parable. Still another parable. Let's read it. Go on. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. The kingdom of heaven is like what? Yeast. It's like yeast. That what happened? A woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Read it in the voice as well, maybe. I think it was the voice I read it in. Can you get the voice? If not, you have to go on Bible Gateway. But leave the scripture up while she finds it. He told them still another parable because it works with the parable he just said. The kingdom of God or of heaven is like something small, something despised. Um, I think sometimes they call yeast, leaven, is that how you pronounce it? But not only that, it's regarded as something sour. It's sometimes it's described as sourdough. It's despised. It's small. But the kingdom of heaven thrives on that. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. Am I still on, actually? I haven't actually asked. Let me see the comments. Am I still on? The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into, into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Read it in the voice for me. And Jesus told a fourth parable. Imagine a woman preparing a loaf of bread. Yeah. The kingdom of heaven is like the leaven she folds into her dough. Yeah. She kneads and kneads until the leaven is worked into all the dough. Without the leaven, the dough remains flat. But the secret is the almost invisible leaven making her loaves fluff and rise. You see, what actually provides influence, yeah, almost is, looks invisible at large scale. What I wanted to show you here is I like how it says that she has to, it needs and needs. Read it again for me. She needs and needs. It's a process. It's continuous. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? The process of gaining influence over a body is repetitive. We keep knocking certain doors, knowing that destiny has it out for us that we will be found victorious. So that's the reason why we keep doing things. I don't care if we try something and it doesn't seem to work at first. I don't care if we try to reach a people and it didn't work at first. We already know the total destiny over this situation because of our call. It says that, read it again, what does she have to do? She it needs and needs. Please she read She needs and needs. She needs and needs, yeah? Until the leaving is So worked. you don't stop knocking until what you're looking for starts to happen. So why is this important? Because actually where I was taking you was this topic of the yeast. It's small. It's despised. It's usually not seen. But it influences. It doesn't matter how... Look, it doesn't matter the first rejection or the second rejection. If you keep at it, it will influence. Because I need to tie up everything together now. 
The kingdom of heaven is like yeast taken by a woman into a place. Remember the first illustration of the kingdom. You take a seed and you put it in a field. So what I need, if it's YouTube, I want to be able to take a, 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 a Nikisha or a Tomua or whoever, they must be seed to me. Meaning that it's not their intention, it's mine. But it's not really my intention, it's PT's. But it's not really PT's intention, it's God's, which is reconciliation. And you plant them there. And then they begin to grow until everyone starts to look to them. But then when they look at them, you know, why would people, when they said that the birds will perch on its branches, it was actually submission that this is working. How do I say this now? Um, they recognize other things, but they come to this one because this one's actually provided what they're looking for. When they start to sit or perch on its branches, it's basically looking for how this became to be. Then the, the yeast is like it keeps going, it keeps going, it keeps going. She needs it and needs it until it influences the whole dough, until it causes it to rise. So for us to understand all of this and why I started off with Genesis and I've been saying everything I'm saying, it's soul winning I'm talking about. But soul winning is we need to create circles of influence. You have sown, sown, sown. Like I said, I was using you an example. You sold from the days of doing property and that's all we knew you as, Kida. That's all we knew you as. You just kept sowing with what you had power over at that time. Money comes and I'm saying, this is mine. And you can cry. You know, I always illustrate. I will keep illustrating. Even to the day you start bringing billions, I'll still be illustrating this story. You can cry. You can um, do whatever you want to do. But you did it. That's what God recognizes. You did it. Then you gained power. You didn't think you would get into the crypto world. You get into the crypto world and now you start to have key individuals. It's like without fail, you're either meeting people who have the resources to put it in, to put into it, or the people who know more than you. Um, my, why I messaged Pastor Paris today and said I'm coming on a broadcast was because the thought I had was this instruction that came to my heart. The instruction that everyone, in order to get to the next stage of where they're going, they need to win somebody in that field. Because you only advance according to the people. You know the world then started to say, oh, your own, your net worth is your network. Yeah, but it's bullshit. Because if you are not a great person, they will not feel the need to actually make any transactions with you. Because then you see an idiot just trying to connect. They beg friend with everybody, but they can do nothing. No, what I'm trying to say is like, how did you get into crypto? Someone recognizes you as a God in your space, property. He's also become a God in his space in crypto, but now he wants to get into property. So it's two greats making a transaction. That's why I said you can't really so win until you grow in influence. Because then you will start to transact. Why do companies come together? They see the benefit of each other. 
you're not going to be one that is being drained by the other. If not, you won't form an alliance. So you see, we're looking at the yeast, we're looking at the influence. So when I'm saying that the whole topic here, so the instruction again, if, if um, you're doing property, you need to now start connecting with people there. You need to learn this. Look, PT, I made a comment. If you notice PT, PT journeys, you know, at one point we saw men's gold and we were celebrating them. I hated that service so much that it just kept repeating xylophone or whatever, big media, um, men's gold. And we had to clap for everything, <laughs> men's gold, men's gold. But do you know what happened? Were they not powerful to a certain degree? We only sat with them as a witness that were going past them. You know the problem with church? You don't even believe yourself. So you can't even be of influence. And therefore, you're also afraid to sit down boldly across the table with somebody, with being bold that you can offer something. So you can't win them, but you're a person away from your next level of finances. But you can't pay attention to the field God has given you right now. Are you hearing me? I, I look at certain people that try to, I don't want to meet any Christian. I'm tired of them. I don't want to meet these guys. Do you understand that? Like, most of them are finished. If they ever came across me, I was just witnessing that I'm going past them. But I don't even want to talk. I might get priests to follow absolutely every one of them, or at least to be um, a bit decent, mute all of them. So they can still feel I'm following them, but I don't see anything. In fact, that's what you do. Everyone that's a Christian that's up from today, mute all of them. I need an Akisha that's bold enough to say, okay, this is what I'm doing. Now, who is in that industry? Who do I need to sit down with? Again, a family can make someone powerful today. So if you see someone that feels powerful, you sit down and you tell me strategy. Then we say, okay, you know strategy. We empower you. Because everything that exists in this household, if someone needed the Rolls Royce for something, it's not mine, it's ours. That doesn't mean anyone can drive it, because I don't trust people. That, that's the truth. One person will mess it up for all of us. But if we needed to put back a business deal, do you understand? We're putting all our resources behind that person, only to give them weight in that conversation. Then they can make a transaction. And they go past them because of court. But again, why are we speaking on this? Why are we seeing this? If it's trading, you're looking for the next person to talk with. You're bold. You say that I need people. Look, we can do videos, yeah? You don't even need people because you have people. You can be training. You can be doing training classes for six weeks, video recorded to all of us. I can make everybody sit down here and you trade up. You'd be teaching us trading. You make the, the, the um, video, we post it out there. People will be like, wow, why is everyone with her? We've made you powerful overnight. That's the beauty of community. So why am I saying all of this? Because we have to see what makes these things. And what I'm about to say to you is not what you don't know. You know it, but why do we keep repeating it? It's to strengthen your conviction over that thing. So look at what we want to look at now. It says that the yeast eventually will influence. We ask, how does it do it? What is it that is invisible to the masses? 
What is it that is seen as sour? Why am I saying saying it's sour? It's not what your taste buds is used to. Um, It doesn't conform to your taste buds. (laughs) It's different. Matthew 16 from verse 5. Let's explain this. NIV as well. How long have I done now? Started at five. Okay, cool. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Look at this. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread, yeah? Be careful, Jesus said to them. What did Jesus say to them? Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They discussed this among themselves. Did you see that? Be on guard. Yeah, show me the scripture again. Be on God, verse 6. Be on your God against what? The yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Okay, carry on reading. Go on. They discussed this among themselves and said, It is because we didn't bring any bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, You of little faith, why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Honestly, you think of Jesus sometimes and you think he's a hard person. He didn't even feel to like be gentle and respond. Like you did honestly, I was reading this in the office and I was thinking to myself, well, to be fair, Jesus, you didn't explain. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, you didn't explain to them. Yeah. And you come with vote. You know, like sometimes I'm looking at myself and I'm thinking. I feel bad. Sometimes I at the media team, but I'm just thinking, but to be fair, Pastor, you didn't explain to them. Do you understand? Like, Jesus asks, you of little faith. You're nodding your head, yeah? Okay, I'm coming for you, Dory. You of little faith. Because we're looking at Jesus' response, though, because there was an issue. You, you of little faith. What was the first issue we find? Why are you talking amongst yourselves about having no bread? They had little faith. But let's get there. Why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Yeah. Do you still not understand? The issue is you cannot fully carry out what you don't understand. You could have done it, but to repeat it will be strange to you because you do not yet understand it. That's why I said to you that the things we do must be things we can repeat. If not, it was excitement. Do you still not understand? Go on. Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? Yeah. Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? Now stop there. Does that explain anything? Like you being honest here, yeah? You reading this here, does that explain anything to you? Look at what verse 11 says as well. How is it that... How is it you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Stop there. Does that still explain anything? What the hell is the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? What was Christ's issue with the disciples? Their way of thinking. When he started to say to them, look, When I had seven loaves, how many did you have as basketfuls? Look at what he said again. Go back to where it was, maybe verse 10. Verse 10. Yeah. Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 
and how many basketfuls you gathered. He, look, they gathered so many after that. So what was Christ's issue with them? What is Christ's issue with the world? Their way of thinking. Because you see, for him, he was trying to, he was trying to tell them something. Again, like I said to you, it's because we've been tainted by a certain culture that we don't understand the scripture. This is actually very clear and simple. So I'm going to make us read it again, yeah? Or maybe actually read from verse 11, then we'll read it again and you'll understand how simple this whole address was. How is it you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? I wasn't talking to you about bread. But be on your guard, because remember, he never said bread. He spoke about yeast. So culture told them, if you're talking yeast, you definitely had to be talking bread. You know, that's the problem with preaching or people listening to preaching. You hear words, but only receive it according to your culture. You receive it according to the setup or the, the, the function of your thinking already. But sometimes it's pausing and considering who is talking to understand what he's trying to say. He says, but be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Go on. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. That's where I was heading to. Everything I've said is this. What was the yeast that he said be on guard on? The teaching. I thought to myself before I came out here, how many things has been driven by religion? Pharisees and Sadducees are just um, representatives of religion. Forget Christianity. You look at, like I said, Vikings. The Vikings believed in Valhalla or Valhalla or however you say it. Um, Odin, their god. What drove them to fight was still a religion. What drove the English empire to also fight was Jesus. What made Africa as dumb as they are was religion. Forget Christianity. They were serving gods. I'm actually trying to say to you that at the helm of all things, you'll find some kind of religion, a belief system. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, something that you believe in, but you can only come to believe what you've heard. What I'm trying to say here is that Christ was saying, I'm trying to teach you a new teaching. This teaching is, if I have seven loaves and I have to feed many, yeah, I'm not going to eat what could just satisfy me. My teaching is sacrifice. I dispose of the little I have and that will somehow feed everybody. But you see, you are still, he said, he heard them. Can we start the scripture again, verse 5? Let's see how it started again. When they went across the lake, the yeah. disciples forgot to take bread. Do you, so it didn't start off with God speaking, Christ speaking. It, spoke, it started off with Christ responding to their anxiety that they didn't have bread. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Then what happened? Be careful. Jesus. God's, Christ saw that. He saw how anxious they had become because they felt like they didn't have. 
I'm trying to speak to you. I'm trying to speak to all of us. Sometimes it looks like we don't have finances. It's not that you don't have finances. Sometimes if you don't have what you hold on as tangible, is God trying to test what you've learned? what you're functioning by. Why? Because your teaching is what influences. The world is powerful because they are teaching something. The music that they've been promoting is teaching young children something. The schools are teaching something. The thing that I said that is hidden, that is, um, 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 does not submit to your taste buds, you're not used to, is a teaching. No, are you hearing me? Like, you're already set in your own way. But the words you're hearing comes against everything you're used to. It's sour in your own. You know, the Bible spoke of the word of God, yes, being sweet as honey, but sour in the stomach. When you really want to digest it, you realize it's different from what your body's used to. So he said that the issue is the makeup of a Tomiwa right now is a certain teaching. So sometimes when you lack, he uses that to tell you the teaching that you're still functioning under. They realized that they had forgotten bread, so they were now anxious. You know how you feel when it feels like you had money and then all of a sudden there's no money. Then Christ is saying, wait, are you forgetting what I was trying to teach you? So you see, to the masses, it was a miracle. To the disciples, it was actually a class. He was saying that I'm trying to teach you sacrifice. If you can sacrifice even the little, you will not only feed yourselves, you'll feed masses and you will have an abundance. Why is it that it looks like after giving, we don't have an abundance? God is trying to tell us you're still functioning under a teaching. And this teaching is not mine. It's that which came from the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religion, the belief system that sets up a culture. The culture, if your bank account says zero, you're anxious. You feel that, ah, we don't have money to do what we need to do. But then God says, that's not the teaching I've taught you. That's not the teaching. Even Christ, did you notice that Christ also didn't have? Let's look at the feeding of 5,000. He didn't have. The culture he was trying to show you was that even if I don't have, someone around you has. And if the sacrifice, if one, the person can demand and say, make it happen. So the other day I put this scripture to test. I said, okay, Pastor Ben, you're doing this. Did we lack what we needed? No. Would we have lacked if I didn't ask? Yes. And why wouldn't I have asked a certain belief system that taught me that to ask makes you inferior? I want to remind you, Christ did not have bread. But he was teaching us that, look, if it's mission, whatever you need is in and around you. This is why, yes, we have different houses, leadership leading those houses, but it must be what I'm saying, what PT is saying that you take there. Why is that important? Because what will be able to push the agenda may not be what, is all, what we're familiar with. Sylvia tomorrow may be the person that pushes the agenda more than the person we're used to today. That's why we all have to be one. Are you all listening to me? This is where I was going. So remember why Abraham, 
why the Bible said Abraham would be great. Not only did he have people, I said to you, he had people because he was teaching them. The Bible says because he would teach his children and those born into his household to do what is just and right. How do you prosper? It's the things you're teaching. So what is God waiting for from you, Nikisha, or you, Goldie, or you, Tommy, or myself, or Faith, or Tony, that you be born of this teaching? Because sometimes the lack you have is only going to reveal under whose teaching you're functioning. So you see why there has to be hours of the word. Because it's like God trying to drain out everything you've learned. That that you've learned um, consciously and the things you've learned subconsciously. He has to keep speaking the word. What was the teaching? Let's read it again. What was the teaching? So let's read it from verse 5 and you'll realize how clear he, what he was saying was. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Yeah. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. He was actually trying to say to them, look, the conflict and the fight between your old teachings and the teaching you're hearing will always happen. He says, look, you have to be on guard. You can't ever put your guards down thinking that you've left that teaching because you will naturally return to that which you have not protected yourself from. You will understand why at some point in your journey, God has to cut you from familiar comforts because he knows that it's easy for you to return to that. And the issue is not that they're bad. It's just that even their being is a, is a lesson. You will see someone's greed. And if you stay long around it, you will naturally begin to do it. Children do not first learn by understanding words, but what they observe. So if you observe something too long, you won't even notice that you're doing it. If your mom's fearful, if you stay around her, even if she's not saying to you, be fearful, be fearful, just observing that will make you fearful. So Christ said he realized that they were anxious. And he said, listen, be careful, be careful, Paris, be careful. That, and, and you should be on guard against the teaching. We saw what the yeast is now. What gains influence? How does the kingdom of heaven gain influence? It's always been teaching. You know, I don't know how to say this, um, 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 people, but PT always refers to, I don't know if it's the Islam faith, a man that just kept speaking and rallied the people, the ayah, something. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, I'm not even going to try and say it anyway. But he always speaks about some man that all he did was even exiled from his country, but all he did was teach. The most powerful thing is teaching. So do you know what I said the other day? There's some things I can't say on a Tuesday, but do you know what I need in this family? People who would do anything to remain in the position of the word. Like we can just, it doesn't matter what happens. It's just placing a demand. Let's get into the word. Now that's not saying also when we should be working. That's why we do it at the close of the day. We will still work, but we must constantly look for what God is saying. Because what makes you gain influence is that teaching. Let's finish off this scripture, then I'll give you one once more to, as an instruction, one more scripture, go on. They discussed this amongst themselves and said, it is because we didn't bring any bread. Yeah. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, you of little faith. You see also what another problem is. 
they didn't know how to have from the position of zero. They, they thought not bringing bread means that they won't have bread. It, that's not what it means. That, that's the teaching that Christ is saying. So that's why Christ had to teach them. You see, when I send you on an evangelist campaign, don't take anything with you. Why? Because I want you to learn something. I want you to learn that if you journey in purpose, whatever you need plus more will be given to you. So he says that, look, so they were busy looking for end results, products. When Christ said, listen, it's mission. So I realized that if I want to see the houses bringing in more, I have to place a demand of mission on them. I realized, I'm thinking, how did we grow? PT did not care if we had anything less left from our last giving. He would even say next, week, next month's giving is more. And you're thinking, sir, in what? it's not really um, 30 days as well, because giving will run to maybe fourth, some days seventh of a month, then sometimes we can hear that giving lines open as um, a few days early. So it's like, what, 15 days <laughs> to come up with more. Why are we going through these things? There's a teaching that Christ wants us to believe. He wants us to live because what you believe, you'll begin to do. But the Bible says, and maybe help me, if you're really a Bible reader, you're going to help me with this here. Um, or you help her because I'll need her to finish off this scripture. It, he began to say, like, how would they believe if they've not heard? And how would they hear if someone has not preached? The system of passing a teaching. So I'll read the scripture while she finds it. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, you of little faith, why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Verse 9. Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for, for the 5,000 how, and how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? Go on. How, how is it you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread, but be on guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Verse 12. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. So you understand the teaching, right? Read that scripture for me and then you'll read 1 Corinthians for me and then we close. Romans 10 verse 14. Romans 10 verse 14, yes, go on. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? So you only, look, it's, it's like it's telling you it backwards. Yeah. You can only do if you've come to believe. But you can only believe if you've been in the position to hear. But you can only hear if someone has preached it. You see why we put great value on the word? I know that I can only respond if I was in the position of hearing. Because if I hear it long enough, I will come to believe it. And naturally, I'll, be, I'll come to the position of carrying out what I'm hearing. So if you're not yet carrying out what you're hearing, know for sure that what you're hearing is at conflict, is fighting what you already have heard, the teachings you have heard. That's why he said to them, 
you of little faith. Now you will see why he said you of little faith. Carry on reading. And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? Yeah. And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Mm. And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? You see that. Now, you know that I'm sent to the wealth family to speak. You've seen the person that sent us. So you know that something has to come out of what I'm saying. And how can anyone preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. This reminds me of the shoes yesterday. But go on, verse 16. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. That's the problem. Look, it's not that the Israelites looked at God and refused God. They couldn't accept it. Think about that. That was not saying, God, you're bad. It's just that, you know, sometimes what God is saying seems too big for what your mind can comprehend. The teaching of their culture, their teaching of where they were coming from, outweighed the ability to accept something new. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So you remember this scripture, key scripture, and that's why I needed us to read it. So Christ was right when he said, you of little faith. So you know when I started and said, oh, it seems like he was just um, erratic. He wasn't. He was very clear. But now scripture explains. That's why we have to look at the scripture. The issue was, it was all a display of little faith. It was all a display that they have been hearing, but they have not heard enough. Because consequently, here, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The faith to carry out what is happening, you need to keep hearing that word of faith because you're constantly hearing the word of smallness, of mediocrity. So we have to keep speaking the word until you get to a place and realize we can actually say that by the end of today, we have what we need to have. We can say by the end of this month, we as a family want to submit 150K. Not because we have it. Remember, it's not about the bread. It's that we learned something about when we did not have, when there was a responsibility and we assumed the role of that responsibility, we took it. Then the, the little we have will have to work for us because there's an agenda. That's the teaching. That's how we approach our giving. That's how you will prosper. Just position yourself around agenda. You yourself should begin to say, this is what wealth family should be given. Why would we call ourselves wealth family and we cannot bring X amount of souls or we cannot bring X amount of seed? Mm -hmm. The reason why we're not bringing these things is because there's a teaching. You may still look like your neighbor, but eventually we start to see how you respond. There's a teaching that still governs this guy mm -hmm. or still governs this woman. So here's the instruction that Paul then gave us. 1 Corinthians um, chapter 5, verse 7, and then we end. This is the instruction. Get rid of the old yeast. The, the only way around it. First of all, everything you've known, consider it garbage. No matter how real it is, you know, like sometimes, honestly, even with me, I can wake up and feel like we have this to sort out, we have that to sort out. And it's trying to bring me to a place of anxiety. But then I remember scriptures, the word, you see the word working in you. 
Do you understand? It's like in the, the room, I'm just saying to myself, I, I have to use the word. Why I always speak the word is because I know that I am naturally messed up. I need the words to put me in, in, in the shape I need to be. I know that if it looks like I have nothing and there's so much to do, I'm going to be afraid. But the Bible says to me to combat. That's how I know that the word is alive in me. It's not because I'm a preacher. It's because I've chosen to believe the word. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. What does it say after that? It says, seek ye first the kingdom. So sometimes in pursuit of the kingdom, you, it will be to the detriment of other things. I accept that cost. But the Bible says, and all these things will be added. So if something leaves our, um, our front today, if something leave our, what do you call this place outside where you park the cars? Our driveway. I don't know where my mind went. But if something leaves our driveway, I put the kingdom first. And I know that it leaving is only a declaration that something's about to be added. So what's the instruction for the family? When you hear the words and it sounds sour to you, meaning that it's not what you're used to. I'm not saying that you shouldn't feel down. I'm saying that you see that teaching that makes you feel down. The teaching, and sometimes you don't recognize it first as teaching, your belief system, the way you're programmed. The thing that makes you feel like, oh, things are going wrong, we'll stay fresh. Get rid of it. Consider it garbage, yeah? So that what can happen? So that you may be a new unleavened batch. So that you can be new. As you really are. So it's not, if you're really that, is it new? No, it's only new in respect to what you've known. But you've always been this. Like I said to you, I don't, I don't look at what Josh can contribute. I believe that he's the new face of business. I believe that he would do these things. But the issue is, the conflict we'll have is that he thinks differently to me. But what was the instruction of PT? It's not that everyone should look the same, but we should think the same. So that's why I said that if I'm, I just don't believe things don't work out for me. I just don't believe it. So the smallest female, the smallest guy must think like me. How did Abraham, and we must think like PT and think like Christ, for we have the mind of Christ. These are the things that we must train ourselves. So I just believe that somehow through cooking, I'm going to get into somewhere. How do I know that? Because you see, as for my leader, he was in his mom's house, didn't have a bed. Look, I have a walk-in wardrobe today, but my, walk, my wardrobe before was portable. It was a shoebox. I can carry it everywhere. <laughs> At one point, we got kicked out of a house, and me and Pastor Ben was carrying our wardrobe in a, um, in a suitcase. Every day getting ready, we have to bring it out. To the... But what I'm trying to say is that we know that our end cannot be small. Because we're being moved by core. So this is the reason why you have to ask yourself, in case you don't believe me, guys, you, you see how you know you're graced? Yeah, we're graced. You see word. I realize I don't come out of study. I was telling some people yesterday, yeah? How did I get ready for the word yesterday? I, look, I had the scripture, the main scripture, which was the one I ended with, the first, the banner scripture, first um, Isaiah 11, I sent that to, to Ibi around 2 a.m. in the morning. 
After that, you saw the day we were playing Ludo. We're going to play Ludo after this, though. We're playing Ludo. After I was playing with you guys, when I realised that no one wanted to chill with me no more. Well, I hate the way I said it. <laughs> when I realised that there was no, all these guys were too serious towards service, I went upstairs. Do you know what I did upstairs? I slept. Do you know what woke me up? The worship yesterday. When I woke up, I was like, God, I've realised you've never made us not have word. <laughs> We've n- you've never made us not have word. I'm not going to shame myself now that I said everyone should be here in the service. No, because there was a promise that the word will always be on our lips. How long were we in a meeting before today? Did anyone see me go to my room for any time between the time I told you that we're having service? But we still came out with now two hours of God's word. Why is that? I, I, I can't say that's to me. I'm saying that God is trying to prevail. It may not be everyone. It depends on who chooses to accept the message. But there's somebody hearing it. And I start off everything I'm preaching, I preach to myself so that I will not be found a castaway. So let me end it here. Your teaching is everything. We need to then revise our teaching on everything we know, money making, how businesses should run, interaction with a family, I was saying to some people, in a moment, I'm going to tell a whole bunch of people to change their name. We're starting a whole new family, meaning that like, uh, the children that will come out of us, they, will want, they won't know um, 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 what's the funniest surname. Uh, I don't care. Um, um, no, no. Madondo. <laughs> They're not going to... Anisu's children won't know um, I'm from the lineage of Madondo. <laughs> it has to be something wealth. We're still trying to work it out. Then I'm going to tell... No, no one's going to go ahead. When I give the instruction, everyone will change their name or whoever will change their name. You see, the moment you change your name, you've signed up to a life commitment. You can't then go to mediocrity carrying the name of wealth. It's impossible. Go back to Madondo. No, no, no not you. You won't go back. But what I'm trying to say with that is we've set a new line. <laughs> hey, it's else that's messed up. You see... Honestly, if you're ever angry, it's Pastor Elohim you should be angry with, not me. I only follow those that tell me stuff. But with saying that, yeah, it's a, that's a surname. Yeah, you see? <laughs> Why this makes it worse? Because it's only me smiling on screen. <laughs> They're all laughing here, everyone, I be especially. But let me end here. We need to revise our teaching on everything. I look at Faith and she has to lead everything. I'm just watching a seed growing into a mighty tree. 100%. And why? Because she just makes, I know she's tired from her work, but she will still give time to hearing the teaching. And if she chooses to dispose everything she's known for what she's hearing, there's no one that can stand next to her. That's the fate for all of us. So it's with these words we trust and we know that, look, there was no mistake in calling us wealth family. Because of the word we'll begin to hear, we'll be made to it. Do you hear me, guys?